Welcome. Good morning. Heather. This is episode, uh, sorry, episode 45, 45. KT Confidential. And today we've got Heather Karloff, salesperson Mm. extraordinaire of the (laughs) KT team. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me today. So uh, you're here because coincidentally you missed an appointment. I did miss an appointment this morning. Yeah. And originally it was because you thought your phone forgot to remind I, you. I, I switched from Android to iPhone and I completely blamed the iPhone for not reminding so me. Apple was getting flack this morning. It was. Absolutely. And then what did you realize? I realized upon further investigation that it was set for 9.30 p.m. tonight. Right. When in fact that shouldn't be <laughs> the case. <laughs> Well, it's unfortunate you missed your appointment, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Because it wouldn't mm-hmm. be as much fun recording by myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so today, what I wanted to talk about, and you brought something up that kind of coincides with it, is um, so actually today we have a, a mutual release being signed for a, a property that we have for sale. Mm-hmm. It was sold conditionally, and the buyer is unable to fulfill their um, financing needs to purchase it. And there was a finance condition. So the house is going back on the market. And before we signed this offer, I told the owners that I didn't have a lot of confidence in the buyers. And I just wanted to talk about this because I think uh, when you're accepting an offer, especially if there's multiple offers, there's so much more to it than just looking at the numbers and the conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you had that experience? Absolutely. If the deposit's low, could be a bit of a red flag there. Yeah. Uh, One thing I've done in the past, I like to go into the system, into Geo Warehouse, and find what they currently own. See what they own, seeing how long they've owned it, and I can kind of gauge from there what kind of down payment they're going to have, what kind of equity they have in it, to kind of give me an idea of whether or not they can afford it, yep. you know, often, I mean, you don't know what, you know, they might have the money dog-eared for, but it'll give you a good indication of what they're capable of floating. Going from, say, a condo to a, a large detached two-car garage home, you might be a little worried about something like that in the market today. But it depends yeah. how long they've owned something and what location it's in. And so another thing with that is if they have a house to sell, mm-hmm. it's especially if there's, or I guess not necessarily, especially if there is one, but you know, if, if there is um, a condition upon the sale of the buyer's property, it becomes yeah. important then also, Absolutely. but knowing what they have to sell, where it is, what type of home it yep. is. And then even as, um, as a realtor representing the seller in this case, understanding, trying to dig a little bit mm-hmm. and understand if the buyer has reasonable expectations for the sale of their home. Yes. Yeah. And, Always a concern for and, sure. Yeah. And, Uh, Are they ready to list it now or do they have, you know, how much work do they have before it goes on the market? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if they can't close, if they don't sell, they can't close. Absolutely. So that's a big thing for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. One thing that I'm big on is kind of gauging the level of competency of the realtor you're dealing with. (laughs) In terms of their paperwork? Paperwork is the first sign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's... One of the first things I said to our clients on this particular um, house was there were a few errors. Now, there was none of the errors on their own were a concern. But when you put everything together, it raises some flags. So like little things like there's an area on the purchase agreement for people that don't know where you have to put the measurement of the lot. Yes. And part of that, you have to include the the units of measurements. So Mm -hmm. if it's 115 feet, you have to put feet. Yeah. 
Um, you can't just put 115. Yeah. Because that's up left Could for be interpretation. Would be right. Huge. Um, also, they put, there's a spot where it says city of or municipality of, and then the name of the place. They did, they put city of and then blank. So they forgot, in this case, the city name. Yeah. Um, what else was there? They spelled in, uh, there was a postal code that was incorrect and um, little things like that throughout the mm -hmm. offer. So that, that's a lot to have on, on one, too. Yes. Like one, you're like, okay, that happened. Someone's rushing to get the offer in. That property was new to the market. Yeah. Um, but th that many is a bit of a... For sure. Yeah. And from... So if you're a buyer and you're hiring someone to represent you, mm -hmm. you need to make sure that when they're preparing things that it's also correct. Because this is the first impression that the house, the sellers of the house you want to buy Absolutely. have of you. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're judging your... Uh, ability to buy the house based upon these things. Yeah, and it's not just the realtor feel, filling it out and making a mistake, which absolutely happens from time to time. But then part of that falls oh. back on to the buyer because they're supposed to read everything over. Yes. And a lot of times people are like, yep, 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 and not looking and checking the spelling of their names or that the postal code is correct and yep. all that. So it's not- Or that the ad, they're buying the right house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God, you know, you like imagine? if they've, if they've yeah. put five offers in and they missed out on five and now they're on number six, yeah. the agent may be using paperwork that had the previous ad yeah. Yeah, absolutely, that could be a problem. And absolutely. that looks silly mm -hmm. uh, for from the seller's perspective if they get that. Um, also, little things I look for. So I, I, because I didn't have a whole lot of faith, I was digging and asking the the realtor questions about his clients. Yeah, he didn't know much. Oh, so they haven't worked together. Okay. Yeah. So that's always something I look for. Like, is this mm. a realtor that's taken the time to qualify their client mm. and knows that they are approved and knows that they are going to have, you know, high odds of getting their financial obligations in line? Yeah. Um, or is this somebody that's desperate to make a deal, took a random person off the streets and yeah. is trying to help buy the, help them buy a house? Yeah. And trying. in this case, it was kind of in between. He was apparently helping out a colleague who was on vacation and he didn't know them personally. Okay. All right. Um, he was well-spoken though and he was good to deal with, but there's a lot of little things that bothered me. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever look up buyers online, like LinkedIn, Facebook, stuff like that? Um, I've only gone in a few times to to look at that, but my main one I go to right away is always straight to what do they currently own? Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I try to find out. For rentals, um, renters, of course, right into Facebook and LinkedIn and yeah. their jobs. Like I've had some funny things pop up with that where, you know, you just get that feeling like this isn't going to come together. Or when an offer is too good to be true or, you know, I got something out of the blue, the agent never called to say, hey, I got this offer coming, which everybody typically does, yeah. coming your way. And it was way over what we were asking, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then the more I looked into this person through LinkedIn and Facebook, nothing added up. And in the end, we didn't go with that high offer because yeah. nothing felt good about it. Well, that was the same sort of concern I had with this one because I couldn't find these buyers anywhere. No LinkedIn, no I, Facebook, no I Instagram. find that strange, especially with people of a certain age. Um, yeah. This particular um, applicant was under the age of 30, um, a woman, and I found it strange that she was nowhere to be found on social media. Like, yeah. And there was no credit history prior to 2018. And I was like, who doesn't have a credit card? Yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, I seemed like maybe uh, bankruptcy uh, was in there. But yeah, it's weird not to have, when someone doesn't have anything online, um, I find that strange, people of a, a certain age, to not have anything. Yeah. Well, and something you said, too, is when something feels too good to be true. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that, as tempting as it may be, yeah. is something that should be just enough 
of an indication that you need to dig into it a little bit more. Yeah. And it's funny, like you said, with that offer you got, you felt right away. It wasn't right. It's that gut feeling. And yeah. often you're, you're right. Your instincts are correct. You feel like something's not quite adding up and yeah. you usually are right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm a huge advocate of making sure you set uh, reasonable expectations with everybody involved in the transaction, yes. specifically people you're representing. So in this case, I there were three um, people involved in the sale. Uh, so okay. I informed each of them mm -hmm. uh, that I didn't have much faith in the deal coming together. So, you know, come the end of the conditional period where uh, we're signing off on a mutual release, it doesn't yep. come as a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're able to diligently get the house back on the market and start marketing it again. And, hopefully and find that, that is really great getting them prepared because all of a sudden you're like, oh, it didn't come up. It didn't come together. Yeah. Um, and they're surprised and possibly upset because it's an emotional experience for them. And like, yeah. well, what happened or why is this happening? And that you prepared them beforehand is yeah. really kind of take a load off of them and kind of calm everybody down. Yes. So yeah. I mean, these, these are just kind of take a, as an aside, these are great tips for any real estate agents listening. Mm -hmm. These are things they need to be making notes on, especially new people. But so back to that setting right expectations, Ariel and I were chatting in the last podcast about how he hates when people try to hide things in listings. Like he was using an example of a house that may have a building just behind the backyard and all the photos were facing inward. So you can't see the building and then you show yeah. up and there's this big building yep. in the backyard. Um, you're giving people high expectations. They come into the house and then they're completely let down because yes. they didn't know what sort of reasonable expectations to have. Same thing goes with that situation. I told them it's not likely to come together. So it doesn't come as a surprise when it doesn't, mm -hmm. but if it does, then all of a sudden their experience is 10 times better. Yeah. So it goes a long way. The setting of expectations even goes for when you're taking them out to view properties. Yep. I've um, been looking at quite a few out in Ancaster recently, and there was this one um, that it looked great from the outside, same type of thing. All the photos were just at the front. You couldn't really see anything else going on around the house. But as soon as you hop onto Google, Google Street View it, and it looks like construction all around it. And I was like, that's not something I knew my clients would be interested in. Yeah. And so that's something to prepare them. You'd hate to show up to something and be like, oh, I didn't investigate this before I took you to see a house too. Yeah. Well, I actually, I remember one time I was showing a house and uh, I don't know if it was vacant or tenant, whatever it was, it's relevant, I guess. But the listing agent called me after I scheduled the appointment mm -hmm. before we got there. And he told me, just so you know, the place is a mess. And he, he made it sound really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I relayed that to my clients. Just so mm -hmm. you know, before we go in, apparently it's a big mess. I like the term full. I've had agents tell me uh, the place is very full. Yes. And I'm like, oh, hoarder. Okay, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's always scary. Yeah. <laughs> but so we go in and it's not that bad. Oh, right? well, good. Yeah. And my clients even said that. There's no, oh, this isn't that bad. But okay. all of a sudden, it's like they come in with these lower expectations mm -hmm. and it's not as bad as what they expected. All of a sudden, they have a more positive outlook on the situation. Absolutely, they would, yeah. So that's good. So what else can people look for? So, so far, we've got paperwork. Mm -hmm. Make sure the paperwork is done properly. Yep. Um. The realtor, how competent they are. Yep. Um, that's a big one, I find. Yes. Because, like, leases are a big thing. Yeah. Um, when you're getting a lease, when we're representing a landlord, mm -hmm. it's more, it's not so much about the price. Obviously, the, the, the price yeah. is important. 
But so more so, who's coming in? That, I think that that trumps the price. I yes. think um, people would be willing to go twenty dollars, twenty five dollars a month less to have the right tenant in there that they're comfortable 100 with. Hundred bucks less, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. To get that right tenant in there for sure, that's their asset, and they want to make sure someone's going to take care of it. So price, yeah. yeah. So you. So what would you look for? What what would raise a red flag for you? For a tenant, yes, coming in. Um, the jobs. The jobs have been funny. Um, people coming in with, uh, there's a lot of new people to the country. The no credit thing wasn't huge for me. Uh, job status would be like, where is this money coming from? Would be my most, I've had some people with situations. Everyone seems to have a story and they call you beforehand with their story. And I'm like, just, you know, send it, put down a piece of paper and send it on. Cause I'm not the one making the decision. The landlord is. But, um, when people come in and be like, well, I don't currently have a job right now. My wife's not living with me, but she's going to be paying for it. And just like the, the job thing, I think would be the the stickler for me. Like I yeah. want to make sure they're going to be able to pay that for my, for my client. And yes. the whole no credit thing, I think we could work with a bit more. I'd be more flexible with, but the no job is a little bit scary. What about yeah. from the perspective of, um, paperwork? Uh, how the paperwork's done? Yes. Um, like I said, I'm really, with the, with the lease, just to kind of make sense of it for people. There's a lot of documents we request. Yes. Right. In order for a landlord to make an informed decision, they want to learn about as much as they can about the tenant. Mm -hmm. So are, what can you think of that might be of concern? Or what do you like to see? What do I like to see in the paperwork? Well, a good credit score, a good letter of employment. Um, references I take with a grain of salt. It's always nice to have them. Um, me calling up and talking to the references, I prefer over a letter for sure. Anyone who sent a letter, I've called the references directly. And sometimes they're a little tricky to get a hold of. But yeah, I want to see a good credit score, a letter of employment, um, a reference that I'm able to phone, telephone, yeah. um, and that the paperwork is filled out correctly. I I feel maybe a bit lenient with that where one or two mistakes, okay, um, where I wouldn't judge it too quickly. But, yeah, it comes down to employment, really. Yeah. And one thing that I can't stand is um, I got one recently where the paper's just not even legible. Oh, like, like the rental application? The rent, like you get realtors that will take pictures of things oh. <laughs> instead of scanning it or even, you know, yeah. scanning it with your phone. Yeah. So it's uh, legible mm -hmm. and looks clean and professional. Yep. Um, so we turn it away and we say, you know, you need to send us a clear copy that we can read. Or somebody yeah. will send you like three of five pages of the Equifax report. Uh, that happens a lot where yeah. they don't have the full report. One person said to me, well, my report's 50 pages long. And I was like, well, that's a little bit yeah. concerning. Um, yeah, a little bit strange. But I'll just send you the score part and be like, no, I need to see all of that. Yeah. yeah. And actually, it's funny because uh, one of our agents had an application come in for one of his rentals recently. And it was a husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know um, their cultural background. But they said that so they, they applied for the lease under the husband's name. Okay. And his income wasn't really consistent. It was like some Uber driving sort of income and then okay. some self-employed sort of income. Mm -hmm. So we weren't 100% comfortable with it. So we said, well, why is the wife working? Yes, she's working. Okay, well, let's add Her the on. wife. And they mm -hmm. said, no, uh, for cultural reasons, they don't like to have the wife on. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I call bullshit. Yeah, I probably. And yeah. so did Chris. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, and whenever you get a gut feeling about something, always follow it. So yeah. we did and we pushed and they sent in her credit information. Oh. Terrible. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely terrible. There you go. Um, 
so, you know, we knew immediately that it wasn't, and maybe it is a cultural thing, I don't know, but we knew that it needed to be looked into further. Yeah. Because based on the original application, it wasn't going to work. So if they wanted mm. to have the opportunity to make it work, we needed something more substantial. Absolutely. And especially if she's going to be living there, right? Like, yeah. Like she, if that. she's contributing, like when I was working in the auto industry and you're uh, applying for car loans, mm -hmm. like if there's two people uh, on the ownership, they want both people on the finance. Because yep. if both people are contributing towards the payments, yes. then both people need to take responsibility for it. Absolutely. Um, so even if, if one applicant was terrible and the other was bankrupt, mm -hmm. the bank wouldn't touch it mm -hmm. because it's, I guess, statistics would show that it's likely there's going to be problems. Yeah. So one didn't outweigh the other. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's not like you can use the good person to give you better credit. Yeah. Like, it's kind of up it a bit. <laughs> you need to work on your credit a little bit and then come yep. back to us. Mm -hmm. So um, that's always a big red flag. But I don't understand why people don't just send in the proper documents. And yeah. some tenants don't like to provide all that info. No. So I had a um, an experience recently where um, a young couple were looking to rent a place and it was a basement apartment. And I found one for them. We met up at it. It was great. Just one of um, the couple, um, the gentleman was able to meet me there and everything seemed fine. And I had uh, previously about a week before sent them the list of documents and these aren't things to hand over to me immediately. It's to start preparing. So when you find a place, let's get the offer in and stuff to have ready to go. And then it took a, a couple of days went by and they still weren't sending it over to me. And then I got a message um, from the gentleman very angry about what I was asking for and like, why are you asking me for this? It's just a basement apartment. And I said, well, just to clarify, I'm not asking for it. The landlord's asking for it. He was, um, upset about it and said, well, this is the requirements to work with you. I don't want to work with you. And I was quite taken aback by it. And I'm like, these are the, the steps to follow. So the landlord's comfortable with who he's renting to. And if you're not comfortable with doing that, then you won't be able to rent that particular unit. And I was I was very taken aback by how upset he got about it. And you were discussing maybe there is a problem with employment or credit that they didn't want to share. And it's, it's quite possible. Yeah, absolutely. There's also the other group of people that are just very private and they don't like to provide that information, yeah. which is understandable. But mm -hmm. if, you know, then go buy a house. Yeah. Right. But if you want to rent somebody's house and, and in most cases, these are privately owned properties mm -hmm. and these properties are probably this person's biggest asset. Yeah. And their retirement fund. Yep. And they rely on the rental income to cover the bills. Yeah. And if they don't have that rental income, they're using a line of credit oh, yeah. to pay for it. Right. So, of course, it matters who's coming in. Yep. And I believe the owners lived upstairs and had a child. So right. you're going to be a little extra cautious about 100%. when you get in there when your family is in that house and your children in the house. You want to be 100% comfortable with who you're renting out to. And these are the things that are necessary to get a place rented, yes. especially in a competitive market. And people just want to do their due diligence and feel safe about their decision to rent because there's so many bad stories out there. So I, it's what's required. The other problem was insurance. Um, it was didn't understand why he needed insurance on it. And everyone needs tenant insurance to protect themselves. And even in condos. You should send them podcast number 43. 43? I should. That's a good idea. With Zach? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, just so everyone knows, uh, if you didn't watch 43, if the landlord deems it necessary, it's necessary. Yep. And you should want it anyways. Absolutely. Liability yourself. especially. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
personal contents, that's your decision. If there's a fire or something happens and your personal stuff gets ruined, if you don't care, then don't get personal content insurance. Mm-hmm. But liability is huge. Yeah. Because especially in a basement. Yeah. What if you've got somebody upstairs that you don't know? Um, who knows what they, maybe they sue you for something. Yeah. You know, someone once um, positioned it to me as, say you live in an apartment building and you leave a tap on or whatever, and it doesn't just damage your unit. What about the people below? And then the people below that, and you have yeah. to just think about all scenarios and all the people that could be affected if something goes wrong with it. So yeah. it's just, I'd rather have peace of mind and, you know, no one, you know, wants to pay extra money a month, but for peace of mind, it's, it's definitely necessary. And I would always take it out. Yeah. Or like in that case, if it's a basement and upper unit and there are two different rentals and you both share a, a double driveway and you're responsible mm-hmm. for sh- shoveling one side and they're responsible for the other and they trip on your side yes. because you didn't shovel it and they mm-hmm. sue you. Who knows? Yep. Yep. You know, people sue people, people sue for everything now. And a lot of times they win. Um, So, and tenant insurance is, I think, pretty reasonable. I think so too. So Mm -hmm. it's probably worth getting. Yeah. But in that person's case, if they don't want to provide that information, they're going to severely limit their options. Yes. But I also think that if somebody's willing to take on a tenant without knowing anything, they're going to be a shitty landlord because they obviously don't care. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So if they don't care who's coming in. They're not going to care about you when you yep. have a problem. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. I didn't think about it that way, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's stories like that all the time. My brother, when he first moved out, he was renting some basement apartment, and there was mold that he found, yeah, like under his bed and stuff. Oh, landlord didn't care. Really? Yeah. And I'm sure he probably didn't ask my brother for his credit information. Yeah. Oh, and then when he moved out, the next person wouldn't tell them either. Of course wouldn't not. Wouldn't fix it. Nope. No, he just oh, wants goodness. to get paid. Doesn't care. Yeah, about he just wants else. to get paid. Yeah. So. Um, I think they're reasonable requests. Absolutely. Proof of income, job letter, mm-hmm. a combination of the two perhaps, or just one of the two at a minimum, mm-hmm. and credit report credit and score. Report and score. Yeah. The mm-hmm. score is, if you can read a credit report, you can usually get a pretty good general understanding. Yeah. The score is helpful mm-hmm. uh, at a glance, but if you, can, if you get a detailed report, you can usually read through it and get a pretty good understanding yeah. for somebody's ability to Yeah, pay. to make payments, make yeah. them on time. Yeah. <laughs> So that's my big thing this week. I just want to make sure people are doing their due diligence in not only looking at the numbers, but analyzing the buyer and their realtor mm-hmm. to figure out who am I working with. Yep. Yep. Make sure that a deal that's coming through is going to go through. And if you don't feel that it is, managing your client's expectations. Right. And in, in this case, there was just one offer and I had reached out to everybody else and nobody was immediately interested. So we were prepared to work with it. Mm-hmm. If there are multiple offers, it's even more important. Yes. Because the person with the higher amount may not be the one you want to go with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those conditions, like you had mentioned, the one about selling your home first, someone, um, a buyer yeah. wants to sell their home first, that would definitely, even yeah. if they had the highest offer, I would be quite wary of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, depending on which market. Yeah. Well, and maybe even looking at their, the realtor that's representing them, look at, looking at their listings to see yes. how they sell their homes. Mm-hmm. Because there's some people that I just wouldn't trust yep. to get it done in time. Yep, absolutely. So mm-hmm. that's it. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's it today. All right. Thanks for listening. Episode 45. All right. Thanks for having me. Great. Good, good. Um, on my way up, my mom wants to know when that one's going to be posted. <laughs> oh, you told her you are going to be on it? Oh, yeah. My mom, my mom likes to watch this stuff. That's good. Did you watch the 360 video?